trying to think of the next thing that I, I really want to talk about. And I, I can't remember the specifics of it, but there is mention of three tramps. Three what? Tramps. So, or like... Uh, homeless people. Vagrants, homelesses, yeah. <laughs> homelesses. Hobos. Yeah, hobos, sure. And this seems to be a recurring theme throughout the Twin Peaks history as well. So even if there's just a passing reference or it's just in the background, tramps are everywhere. There's even one of the lodge spirits looks like a homeless guy. Yeah, from Firewalk with me. It's just, it's one more thing. Like, the only thing that would have made it more Twin Peaks is if it was two tramps instead of three. Like, it's just these little things that are peppered in there. And I, I kind of referenced this uh, as we were wrapping up season two about how it seems like there's a lot of stuff that's just in there to be re-referenced or to make a connection to something else. Like, you just drop a nugget and then we're going to touch yeah, on this later. Or Yeah, you, you, if, just, you just dog This is something situation. we can maybe come back to. Yeah. Like, like, well, look how long it took to get from the creamed corn at the very beginning of season two to getting referenced again in Fire Walk With Me. Right. Things like that. It's just like, that wasn't even a thing for 20 episodes. Yeah, like, what's the end game on creamed corn? Like, you don't know until this movie comes out. Satisfaction, full stomach, yeah. holiday yeah, well executed. <laughs> <laughs> holiday success. Yeah, so just the, the three tramps in uh, Dealey Plaza is a Kennedy thing, which you know that Cooper is into the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that in the early of the thing. And then in the book, his favorite book his is book, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, some stuff, like you said, I agree. Like, it's kind of just in there to be there, just to help tie stuff together. So to be honest, this middle section of the book, like the UFOs and the Kennedy stuff, like, my memory's not as sharp on this because I haven't had to go back to this stuff in a while. But I believe yeah, yeah. Fred is a real guy. I believe I think that it is, yeah. a lot of this stuff is is real stuff. And I think that this is him. Again, Cooper's obsession with Kennedy. Season two got accused of, well, they, they screwed up Laura Palmer and then they went off into like UFOs and stuff. And it's like, yeah, one, that gave birth to the X-Files and all the sci-fi shows for the next 30 years on primetime tv but also <laughs> here's all the david duchovny's oh. career yeah <laughs> right well there were a lot of twin peaks actors on x-files like early on i guess yeah. a hawk in there and Briggs is in there yeah 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 and then x-files was huge because uh breaking bad guy got his start on their writing yeah vince gilligan vince gilligan gilligan yeah. gilligan got his start or i don't know if it was his start but like he wrote a lot of X-Files episodes and maybe directed yeah. some. So I guess Hank and Skyler and a lot of people from Breaking Bad made early appearances on X-Files. Wow. So I'm not the biggest nice. X-Files fan. I've actually only seen a handful of episodes or whatever. But I mean, Twin Peaks, I mean, J.J. Abrams, Lindelof, all those guys. Lindelof, they, yeah. Twin Peaks changed television forever. Like, they're not joking. <laughs> <laughs> right. But anyway, the Frost thing, I think this is his way of being like, Hey, remember when we got criticized for going all UFO? Well, I'm gonna like double down on all this cool. Yeah, stuff. I'm going to make this huge work. middle finger. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can see that. I'm gonna make this work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, honestly, this this whole section, these well, these multiple sections of all these investigations and just the different eyewitness reports and the stuff about Milford himself kind of getting shadowed, followed around, or looking into them. I think this is just. Uh, a way to not not pad the book, but it's stuff that kind of over explains what it is he's up to. It shows almost his entire career as this X-Files style investigator of these situations. 
And there are a couple of talking points. Overall, it, it's a little repetitive for me. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think so I too. Yeah. It's a lot of conversations that kind of go in circles and don't resolve. But uh, the mention of the three tramps stood out to me on my listen through because I, I kind of like mentally dogged that. I was like, ah, homeless people, that's a thing. That yeah, homeless around. people are real. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Eskimos. You guys, have you guys all seen Mulholland Drive? I have. David Lynch has a thing with homeless people too, by the way. Yeah. Like crazy. It's a crazy, like, again, someone should look this up and I'm sure I'm misquoting it because it's been 20 years since I read it. But I think Lynch on Lynch, the book or one of his old interviews, uh, he talks about, I think he had a traumatic experience when he was young. He might've been like, I don't know, accosted or like had a weird encounter with, but like, I think that that's, I don't think that David Lynch looks down on homeless people and people's suffering. I think that people in ragged clothes covered in dirt scared the shit out of him one time. And it's like yeah. a source, of, it's a source of trauma for him. Yeah. And this is revisited in Mulholland Drive. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the guys you're talking about in the, in the, the convenience store meeting that are in the yeah, and the one that shows up in the trailer with Carl Rod and Chad oh, Desmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like that's what reminds me of the what you're referencing in Mulholland Drive. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. absolutely. And, yeah. and the camera move into the trailer. Yep. Yep. Kind of reminiscent of so fellas, yeah. Mulholland Drive has a scene in it, and it's the scariest yeah. scene that's ever been made in a movie <laughs> ever. And I, I am sold. I can't explain it and I don't know what it's about, but yeah, I still, I, I saw that, I saw that opening weekend in the theater, in the movie theaters and whatever, 2003 wow. or 2001, whenever it came out, scared the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> and I watched it again, like three or four months ago with a friend of mine. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's all about, it's just about mood. It's just about mood. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, it's not particularly gross. It's not particularly, it's not a jump scare per se. It's the scariest five minutes I've ever seen in any movie ever. And that's been yeah. true for 20 years now. So yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, Noted. I'm gonna look and it revolves around a tramp. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. Yep. Uh, there you go. There's definitely a lot of recurring themes in Lynch's work. And so there you go. That might that might even I mean, I believe the three tramps in Dealey Plaza is a thing. Like I believe there's historical record of somebody noticing three people that were homeless in the area before Kennedy was killed, whatever. Yeah. However, I don't think you're wrong for that to pop out in your mind. And that may be a frost nod to Lynch's kind of whatever phobia or use of that type of character yeah it's good stuff yeah he may have popped that in there with the idea that one day david lynch will read it and he'll get there and just go oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't tell me there were gonna be tramps no that no he did no he did tell him and that's why he hasn't read it <laughs> <laughs> and that's canon <laughs> that's canon <laughs> boom uh, do we need to talk about anything else as far as ufo investigations what was I don't have I, much else just to a either. quick response? Um, what was yeah. the significance of his receipt from buying the car and the whole thing with his car? Man, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's the I it's wish fine I had an if you don't say. have an answer. I, ju it, I just remember it. 
Um, cause they talk about it and then some more dialogue happens and then it's referenced like, Oh, but he, here was a receipt for the car he bought and TP. (laughs) (laughs) Verified. 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 This is a car. For the, for the, for the Buick Roadmaster. Yeah. Oh, can't tell you. I remember now. Can't tell you. Son of a dick. All right. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I can tell you. I believe a 1947 Buick appears in the return at some point. I believe. Okay. Fair enough. That works. Or, or it's in the original show, but it's it's one of those like like obscure. Yeah. I I th- I I I don't think that this wasn't... has any, any plot point. I think this is a nod to. I think this Buick Roadmaster shows up somewhere else. That wasn't the car that Evelyn Marsh's husband crashed, was it? You know what? Holy <laughs> crap. It might be. No, so the, I don't the think one it was. Thing that, one thing that I regret is of my, not, not of my life, but like, I am not a car guy and I'm not a sports guy. You still have time, man. You don't have to live in regret. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not either. I'm not either. Yeah. But you're, you're like, a Twin Peaks guy. Yeah, yeah, but like there's... <laughs> There are cars in. There's a whole thing about cars in Twin Peaks, like so and so's car, and I can't I can't get into it too much with the return. But like Mark Frost, and, on a and Lynch, the car cars. they are car guys, or at least in their use of cars in film. Like they're like, oh, you remember when I when I was growing up, my father had a whatever, whatever, and I thought it was the coolest car ever, so I'm gonna put it in my movie. Like they're they like cars. They remember cars, so there are there are a lot of cars in Twin Peaks, and I don't know nothing about them. I want a book <laughs> about that, just a picture book of the cars in Twin Peaks. Tickety out of Dodge somebody, yes. somebody listening should should make an indexed coffee table book. Of... I'd buy it. That's <laughs> pretty sweet. Yeah, there's probably an Instagram for it. Someone has an Instagram of just the flannel in Twin Peaks. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, so just I've continuous pictures of Leo and Big Ed. <laughs> Big Ed. Yeah, Big Ed. A lot of Big Ed. There's a ton of Big Ed on that on that page. Oh, yeah, I no, but there is. Yeah, or maybe if it's not flannel, maybe there's also there's. I feel like there's a sweaters one too. Maybe it's maybe I'm no. I'm pretty sure there's a flannel one. But anyway, there's got to be something out there. Yeah, Whether it's awesome. a website or or someone's fan page, I would buy a coffee table book in a heartbeat. That sounds awesome. Maybe uh, Stephen Miller. When he would be. He would. Yeah. He's probably the one who would have a page about the cars in Twin Peaks. Yeah, he's the one guy. If you remember, he when I showed you the gazebo, he had a whole page about the gazebo in Twin Peaks because yeah. I referenced that. Um, yeah. No, he's amazing. His blog is awesome. It's just so detailed, and I just. I can't get over it sometimes when I'm looking at stuff on there. It's amazing. So thank you, Steve, if you're... Yeah, he helped me in my tour video. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I think I, I think I saw that in the... You mentioned that he helped with I've that. seen very few clips. I've showed, I've showed a few clips. If but the we, first clip I saw was one of my biggest gripes of the infrastructure of Twin Peaks. Yeah, this and is pretty that great. damn red light and this intersection. Uh, Sparkwood in twenty one, yeah, yeah. Because we yeah, talk a curve in the road. Yeah, in our fire walk with me, it's like it's not an intersection; it's a curve in a road, and the red light doesn't actually exist, <laughs> which was which I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, thank there, you. There's definitely some return spoilers in there. 
I did, yeah, I, I, I literally cut clips for them. <laughs> That's oh. what I, I, I made sure to have them not go watch that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but uh, yes. like you need to see you need to see some of some of his work. But the TwinPeaksBlog.com is amazing. He broke down the Philadelphia office yeah. that David Bowie shows up in. And like, he, I guess he, that building doesn't got torn down, doesn't exist anymore, but he figured yeah. out where it was and what windows they shot out of it. And like, yeah, like it's that all, detailed. All the, all I don't have time for that. <laughs> I picture in the American flag and the clock, like he breaks down like every prop in every room and every angle and every camera. Like it's like the most comprehensive. Yeah. There's like a whole page of just about Cooper's room at the great Northern with what was on his nightstand in this episode, you know, and this, it's just like, and sometimes he finds like the props. I mean, he's the one that had the little Elvis prop when we brought that up. The oh, what? Yeah. Elvis a bath. That's, I found that on his blog. If you're yeah. listening, I will give you $207 for that. <laughs> for little Elvis. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please. So you've gotten the slush fund and you're just it's burning a hole in your pocket? Oh, yeah. yeah. So did good. You, did so, so you guys know the backstory of that? The little, the little Elvis? Elvis? Not at all. Nothing. Please. Just that so, he went to take a bath, never saw him again. I assume he drowned. <laughs> never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. So the story is that, uh, Elvis Presley used to call his member Little Elvis. Oh, get it together, Elvis. So Ben Horn had just had sex with Catherine, Catherine Martell. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to go give Little Elvis a bath, <laughs> implying that he needs to go wash up after having sex. And they, <laughs> thought, they thought that that might have problems getting past the TV censor. So I don't know if it was the director or Richard Boehmer. I don't know whose idea it was, but they're like, how about when he says that, he just pulls out a little Elvis doll. <laughs> yeah. People, people won't make the connection right away, and it'll get past the censors. And that's what they did, and that's what happened. So it's a, And it worked. It's an Elvis, uh, Elvis penis <laughs> That's the workaround. I like the idea that Richard Boehmer just had it in his pocket. He's like, well, I've got a little Elvis right here. Exactly. <laughs> in the hotel room, I always carry a little Elvis around. They're at the table read, he goes, oh, no way! Otherwise, imagine, <laughs> right like, the, imagine the prop master that was like, you have to go find a tiny little Elvis figurine. <laughs> right. Here's $20. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Whatever, dude. He just went to the e-shelf and pulled out that little Elvis he's had on deck. All right. Anyway, back to we're, UFO. We're talking about a <laughs> Project Sign. Uh, yeah. That that was a prompt. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Project Sign, Project Grudge. These are all just different ways of investigating the same thing that Dougie Milford's been getting into. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. So Project Grudge is the one that's way more about keeping things from the public, like taking it and like if there's evidence, take it away and hide it. And mm -hmm. Sign was more about understanding what was happening. Yeah. And I think if, if they did make a show or spinoff or something, or, you know, this would be your kind of like nuts and bolts of the, you know, episode one, he finds this an episode, you know, the, 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 you know, the season, season one ending is they, they were getting rid of project sign and now it's going to be project grudge and you're going to have to destroy all the evidence that you just found. Right. I, ha I haven't personally watched project blue book on the history channel, so I can't say that it's not what this is. <laughs> <laughs> forgot they have a i posted something about that though did or john bernardi somebody responded and they're like you know that harley payton or i don't maybe getting the maybe it was robert ingles i don't so somebody was like involved in that show like one of the twin peaks writers was involved <laughs> in the project blue book show 
apologies if I'm maybe I dreamed this but no I think you're right <laughs> I, I think I heard that too yeah no that's cool I'll check it out so that there you go like uh now that we're getting into UFOs and government conspiracy like a lot of this stuff is true yeah a lot a lot right. of it is <clears throat> right true that it's just weaved into the which I think it's cool because like there's not a lot of that in one spot like you know what I mean like I thought I knew something about Lewis and Clark like well, I'm from Indiana and I've got there's historical ties to Lewis and Clark here because they were involved in in like Indian wars and stuff in this in my area before they did the expedition whatever so like I kind of thought I knew a little something about that and then but Meriwether Lewis dying under mysterious circumstances and 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 all of that stuff like I didn't know that until I read yeah. the book and then I found out that that was true. And then, right. so I don't know. So it's just, I'm going in and out of all this real history versus what's real, what's in Twin Peaks, what's what's kind of a hybrid of both. And it, it's, it's cool. I've always felt weird about anytime somebody does a revisionist history like this, where they take actions and put them on somebody. Because I, I don't know, for me, it would be really weird if I was a known descendant of a historical figure. Then I went and read a book like this. It was like, and behind the scenes, they were wearing rings that they stole off bodies. And you are Dave. Oh, covering up government <laughs> conspiracies. It's like, th that's my ancestor, man. Like, that, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, Project Sign, Project Grudge, all kind of doing their shit. So can we talk about the book house? We can. I've been on the waiting list for years. So <laughs> I, I love the entire backstory of the book house slash the book house boys. Slash, what was the original term? The Citizens Brigade. Love that. <laughs> I wish it was still that. Yeah, that's, it's, it's just really cool. Like, seeing that these, these guys, one, were so tight-knit. Like, uh, even when Hank was a part of it, like, he, he was a part of it. Like, they were, yeah. they were all in it together. It was that football game, man. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was playing football together. And uh, love that that game gets referenced to it like one point because I yeah. remember thinking in my first read through, I was like, I want to hear more about that game. And then it comes back up like mm. later, like, oh yeah. And everyone around him just be like, we should have won that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, they still it. stuck it together as a sort of the Twin Peaks militia. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, basically brothers in arms, like all the way from, from high school up through their adult lives. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, them getting together at this lending library as their their meeting place is what got them the name Bookhouse Boys. I love that. This is the secret history that I was trying to get into. Right. <laughs> right. Like these, yeah. this is the stuff I needed. This is the meat. Yeah. 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 And that's how like I when felt. You start... And this is chapter 12. Yeah. This is it's that, <laughs> it's that slow build and you finally get to it and you start you start clapping. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I think Dave and I were separated at birth because I when I hit this, I was like, Yes, okay, cool. Now we're <laughs> now we have arrived. Yeah. This is why I pre-ordered this book. This is why Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, I mean, for I, there's a lot of good stuff, but for all intents and purposes, this is the good stuff. Yeah, I think it's all uh, intensive purposes. You're right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I love getting everybody's backstories through other people's accounts too. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. That, I think I actually immediately after Hawk's history of Ed and Nadine. Oh yeah, was like, was like this is really inclusive and where he has a, a lot. like super potty mouth. 
he's got a super foul mouth the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, this seems really uncharacteristic, or maybe he's just really heated while he's writing but, this. But great, too. We get to hear actual Puck talk, as we like to refer oh, yes. to it, with <laughs> Michael Horse on the audiobook. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was wonderful. So real quick, the only thing I love about the bookhouse, I believe from this point on, you've got these little inserts in the secret history novel that are supposed to be from the bookhouse pamphlets or yeah. or whatever from the bookhouse so the ed and nadine uh cooper's uh, josie packard dossier or whatever it is uh, i love it it's so scathing yeah <laughs> uh he tears her up it's so good yeah yeah, yeah. oh i mean that's the other thing too it's just like i mean was he just writing this at night how did he have time to just and you well, know as far as i knew we never knew in the show that he knew um Andrew Packard was alive. Right. Well, and then speaking of, again, like this whole revisionist history thing, like back to Briggs being abducted in the woods, like in the, when did he give the Cooper, 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 Owl's message? Right. Like you find out at the end of this book that basically like he and, and Cooper in the show, it's one night that they were supposed to go fishing and they hung out for a little bit and then Briggs got abducted. And yeah. then in, in the book, it's like, oh no, me and Cooper like hung out, we talked, a yeah, lot right, more more than once, right. If yeah, if, if the original show took place over two weeks, it feels like, as this book would tell it, might have been a few months, yeah, all yeah. Of these maybe, right, because they they hung out, like he got to know Cooper, and they, he established his trust and. And, you know, basically the end of this book is Briggs saying, I need to pass all this information off. Cooper is my successor. So, yeah, he was like grooming him for right. The, right. being the watcher. The next, to be the next yeah. archivist. The based next dweller on, on the threshold. Yeah, <laughs> right. they had hung out. But if you right. just watch the original show, it's like, when did they have time to hang out? Right. right. And he said, yeah, when did they have time to write anything about Josie? <laughs> and reading it, it it sounds very much like this is during Cooper's flannel period. You know, when he was, oh, yeah, exactly. He was not an official agent. Like, yeah, he, he wasn't working. Took up a yeah. hobby, and that hobby was writing people's dirty laundry. That hobby was Briggs. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, he, he was working. I mean, he was technically was working for the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department. Yeah, he just wasn't for the FBI. But then also speaking of the revisionist thing, not only when did Cooper have time to hang out with Briggs, when did he have time to write the write the Andrew Packer case? Hawks, uh, the Ballad of Ed and Norma Nadine, I believe, I got to double check, but the events that take place in that is not mm -hmm. how it went down in, nope. not, it's not Ed, the way Ed explains it to Cooper in the show. Not at not, all not what See, happened i i feel like totally that's different. kind of like reframing the situation so he doesn't throw shade at nadine maybe but in the show doesn't he say it happens like right after high school but in this it's like 20 years later is it, is it? it's a massive gap and I, I, I i'm pretty like sure it is literally they make it sound like if this takes place in like the early 80s when nadine shows you know when they have that thing because it's been years since high school but in the show it's like this was right out of high school uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember the the situation of the bullet. <laughs> yeah. Like in one of them, he was teaching her how to shoot, and there was a misfire, and he blames himself for it. And then the other one, the bullet like ricocheted and hit her or something. Like basically, like this this the the broad stroke is the same. 
Yeah. So the, right. the average person that hasn't seen the show a million times right. could it's see the show know. and then six months later read the book and it not, it, it didn't for me, to be honest, the first time through, I didn't really notice the thing. And then it was like, right. I'd read the book and then I was getting ready for the return to come. And I think I went and rewatched some of the original series and I saw the episode where Ed's telling the story and I'm like, which is a great moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like maybe one of my favorite moments yeah. of the show. Because it really Especially is. With Albert. Yeah. Albert makes a joke. Yeah. But you really get to Ed what's what's eating at Ed and what the whole Nadine thing is all about, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you read the book and it's it's the same story. Like the broad stroke is yeah. yeah. I, think lost time. Time. I think it's just the time. Is a bunch different. of strength. All that right. stuff is the broad stroke is the same, but all the minor details are all different. They're right. all different. So again, is this because, yeah, exactly. Is Hawk covering for somebody when he wrote his story? Is this because these guys, this is 40 years later and they don't remember it exactly? Is this something else? Do you get the know. idea that maybe someone tampered with this dossier at some point? Honestly, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, the first time I read it, read it through because. Obviously I have my suspicions. I don't know if you guys do, but. Yeah. If you've I mean, seen. That, that never occurred to me. I. Because to my understanding, this is all supposed to be, or these bits are supposed to be handwritten documents that were like written out and just left around for people to pick up and read. So Patrick, right. are, you, are you saying they via, were- Or vis-a-vis uh, Cooper writing these things about Josie for Truman to find, just be like, yo, this is how it really was. Sorry about it. Yeah. Would you say like the handwritten documents were rewritten and replaced or- Not sure. I mean, it I could also know. be that we're not seeing like- Obviously, everything. we're not seeing cro- stuff crossed out or whatever. Yeah, but everything. If this is... was found, but if this was found at a crime scene in 2016, like it says, yeah, because obviously there are, you know, to go back to the time travel things within this, the archivist mentions that Catherine Martell is now a recluse, but the last entry in this is like two days after Coop's out of the Black Lodge or a day after, you know, so like a week after this, how would they know she, she's a recluse? How would they know when Hank Jennings died? You know, two yeah. years later. Right. Um, little things like that. I think there's more. I think there's more at play with when this was found and the time travel aspects that have come into play a little bit. Uh, well, and I, I thought that uh, my first thing with the whole fear the double thing and how season two ended, the fact that evil Cooper is out roaming the earth, yeah. arguably or supposedly at this point. Who knows? But mayday, mayday. Exactly, exactly. So like, exactly, yeah. Basically, did is Evil Cooper out there? Did he intercept this book? If the secret code in this book is fear the double, then can we trust any of this information? I, I, like, as I was reading, that's what it, I was getting at. Yeah. Did I just I was, waste two weeks of my life reading this? <laughs> no, not at all. I don't think just, so at all. Just, I, I do like that idea of like fear the double being written in the books do or being like coded in books at the book house if those documents if bad cooper got his hands on cooper's stuff or anyone else's stuff that he could mimic the handwriting of then that's i mean the pen is mightier than the sword you know the the slander can be life destroying for somebody yeah like, yeah maybe that wasn't hawk who wrote that account you know like right. it, it seems it. very un, it seemed very uncharacteristic i'm also really really glad to have gotten this information in uh, either reading it or hearing it as an audiobook the way I did. Because if this information was given to us in the show, it would take 
eight episodes to get through one of these pages. Right. And yeah. it would not be delivered like somebody talking like a human person. It would be sporadic and the speech cut up and very awkwardly delivered. And yeah. I don't think we could have gotten the information the same way. No, definitely not. Like this, I'm just saying, this is the medium for this. Also, Hank Jennings, uh, Hank Jennings and the bombing of Andrew Packard, those events are different as well. Yeah, yeah. they are. Slightly. Again, yeah, yeah. Broad, strokes, broad strokes are the same. Andrew Packard supposedly died, but then came back. But the how those events went down, the details of those events contradict each other. From One show. of the biggest ones for me that contradicts the show is the relationship between Hank Jennings and uh, Jean Renault, or as we like to say, Gene Renault. They make it sound like they go way back, and when they find each other at One-Eyed Jacks, he thinks he's Daryl Lodwick or whatever the guy's <laughs> name was. Oh, oh, right. fact, yeah. isn't like they had never <laughs> met before. Yeah. Um, but in this book, it's like they had a whole relationship doing dirty work with each other, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, that was like, whoa, what? Yeah, that didn't track for me either. It was yeah. one of those things where I kind of perked up. It's like, that's not right. <laughs> I didn't catch on. And we do need to talk, the other one for me, we need to talk about, because Tyler's big thing with the season two finale was Audrey. Oh, uh, <laughs> you assholes. <laughs> yeah, we were, we kept taking it on like, I think she died. I think she died. She so did. Tyler was finally like, Audrey lives. Um, I was but, way more graphic. You were. You were. You were. You were very graphic. <laughs> You're very uh, hawk like. But one of the big things for me that, that was another just it, it didn't uh, match up with the show was her note to her dad because it made it seem like they were still at odds. Yeah. And that didn't also, yeah. the voice actor they got yeah, for it was her not. was just awful. <laughs> it was not Audrey. Yeah, yeah that was not was Audrey. Not, yeah. Uh, so, hey, yeah. hey, Dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daddy. Basically, every everything about every character that we know and love from the original Twin Peaks and what we thought we knew about events that went down with those characters in this book has been changed slightly. Yeah. Pretty much. The Good Audrey, way. the Ben Horn thing is pretty much all the same. They they talk about yeah oh so the Audrey Horn thing um there what grow me growing up there was speculate I guess that there were already some drafts or some ideas for a third season at some point but that was the the idea the idea that she survived has been out there for years and years but it was very obscure like you had to like well there was the whole you know if that was true but well, yeah, there was. One of the big things that pops in this book is you're like, okay, Audrey lived, Pete mm -hmm. and the old man and an unidentified body who we know is Andrew Packard. Uh, what about everybody the else recognized? What about the new accounts lady or the security guard who just had a baby? <laughs> or they they were so excited they had to leave before the bomb yeah. went off. Whatever. No, well, that I mean, even I mean, there was this is a total side thing, but with Audrey being, uh, they were maybe gonna Mulholland Drive was gonna maybe be a spinoff series about Audrey, but then it became just the movie and not about Audrey or connected to Twin Peaks at all. Right. But it was initially gonna be that. It was supposed know. to be Audrey Horn goes to Hollywood. Was the genesis. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, like Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Friends. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> The other smash hit spinoff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this was like years later, though. I mean, this was like the end of the 90s, I feel like. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
one question I had was Josie, the stuff they said about Josie being, um, of course, super conniving and a, a, a match for Catherine, um, that all, that all tracks, but the stuff they were talking about her being like super wealthy or was that, were they talking about Josie? Like had all this influx yes, of Josie was from... secretly wealthy from yeah, her, secretly wealthy. her crimes. Okay. Yeah. Over the seas. But there's no there's no mention of that in the show, is there? No, just that she was notorious in Hong Kong. Yeah. Like she was just a, a known criminal element there right. and was not being forthcoming to yeah. Sheriff Truman. Yeah. And it seemed like Cooper knew a lot more than Harry did. But did she but, like uh, lose that cash? Because she was, you know, her whole thing of being blackmailed and being all right. cat. You know, cast made. Oh yeah. You're like, look at me. Uh, all that crap. <laughs> I don't know. It just it's just stuff like like I'm noticing inconsistencies as we yeah. talk about it. Yeah, like why would just kind of weird. If you had that, why would you just go, yeah, yeah. nope, I'm gonna go to where my money is yeah. and go fuck my cousin in on a Hong boat. Kong. Yeah. Cousin <laughs> Jonathan. Um I love too. This this was where it was mentioned too that Andrew Packard's boat was named Josie because I I said that to you guys for like I think in an episode forever ago and just you guys just groaned. But that was from <laughs> from this book. You're like, oh no, don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen, yeah. Yep. Uh, another inconsistency I noticed with the audio book. There were some things that were said that were different uh, from what I was reading when I was actually listening and reading. Uh, but it was just little things like there was something it might have been Josie's autopsy but it's it's Dr. Will Hayward but the narrator said Dan Hayward yeah that threw me too yeah yeah there was a couple of things like that that were a little off yeah um and that was that's like way too off to be just like I see what you're well in the recording they couldn't go Dan uh, (laughs) Hayward's dad it's not Dan it's Will uh yeah I gotta look that up. There, there's a. I know there's more than that because I feel like I read about it, but that was the one that I actually really caught when I was reading it. <laughs> I think earlier in the book there is supposed to. So Will Hayward's father was supposed to be a doctor too, and he his yeah. name might have been Dan, and they might have just accidentally read that name again later when it's supposed to be Will or something like that. But whatever. Yeah. Doesn't somebody reference Charles Desmond too? Yeah, it says Charles Desmond instead of yeah. Chet. I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. I was like, that's not right either. Nope, it's Chester. <laughs> Chester. Chester. Old Chet Desmond. You got that, sound, you got that sound effect? Oh, I, this has nothing to do with the book, but I need to know just loads more about Josie's death. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch, you gotta watch uh, Take the Ring talk about wood theory. I'll do that. Until then, <laughs> I'll got- hold on to my Horcrux theory. I sent you the video. <laughs> <laughs> Talks about wood theory. All right. Yeah, you, guys, you guys could probably watch my episode four of the town of Twin Peaks. I, I sent most of it. There were two things that I caught that I just I didn't want to show them. But they were okay. they're so they're so they're so minor. They're so minor. Otherwise it's I mean, perfect. One of them involves the bookhouse, right? Yes. Them, photograph in the bookhouse. Photograph in the bookhouse, yeah. Is it of Josie's yeah. drawer knob? <laughs> Not okay. Someone, yeah. T- yeah, someone took a photo of it when it happened. Harry got down there with his yeah Nokia. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, his and... <laughs> yeah. Where did he get the money to afford a camera phone? 
He's a shit. The other one I think was a quick thing in the section about wood theory. It's just it was just one minor thing you said that I cropped when I sent them the clip. Okay. So yeah. I tried to make that one return spoiler free. Yeah, you you mostly you mostly mostly did. It was it's great. It's fantastic. But I think uh, to a person like me, I wouldn't pick up on any anything touching on the return. One was just a picture and one was just a quick mention of something that i don't want to say out loud that's fine that's fine um so that that's those are the families of twin peaks yes yeah it's such a great section i mean it's still like i mean with those inconsistencies to the show with standing it's still super super fascinating to read also mention i loved looking at the menu of the double r in the book i just thought that was a nice touch what was the soup of the day (laughs) i don't know if that was written on the menu but maybe it was rabbit soon. rabbit chili or rabbit chili <laughs> yeah. walleye i think the, spe- I think the special the specials were only listed on the um the specials the are never mentioned hey speaking of double r one thing with norma that bugged me was her maiden name being lindstrom and her mom's name not being whatever mt wince's <laughs> real name was in the show but it wasn't blackburn and there's no mention of annie at all she doesn't exist yeah does she uh, that's another thing that people, whatever. So we get this book that looked to be the secret lives and we're supposed to get all this yeah, back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. And other than Audrey didn't die and here's the menu. Which is my only book. takeaway from the book. And, yeah, that was your takeaway. Uh, and everything you thought you knew about Twin Peaks happened, but didn't happen the way you remember it. Right. Like there's, I mean, we're, everyone was just like, what? So do you so, so to Tyler and Dave? I'll just uh, do you have any any thoughts or feelings as to maybe why this is this way? No, I okay. mean I only asked because I read so I read several reviews of this book uh, that were published when the book came out that sort of alluded to things that well I'm not gonna say anymore, but but they were I mean, on the right things, track. Things like that, things like Amy's <clears throat> name being Blackburn and Norma's name being Lindstrom, that can. And it, it never comes up in the series or anything, but that could be like they have yeah. different fathers. Right. And maybe I think I read too something with the 3D glasses. Names. When you put on the 3D glasses on that page, that name goes away. Like Lindstrom goes away. What should be wrong, but maybe I, I feel like I read that. Yeah, on like the postcard page, maybe or something. I read it on, it was on the fandom because they have a whole section on the 3D um, uh, interesting. things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it says on Norma's postcard to her parents, the red obscures all her text, including the name and address of her parents, Lindstrom rather than Blackburn. And he, and he could have been adopted? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. You know, Norma like could have step, been adopted? Yeah, Norma. stepmom. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, that those are easier to brush aside as like, there, there's more that we don't know. It's also easier in life if you have a complicated situation like that, just say, oh, it's my sister or it's my yeah. cousin. Yeah, right. and maybe you're not blood related at all, but it's just right. easier than having to explain that. Right. Is uh, uh, do you know off the top of your like is Annie mentioned in this book at all? No, she's not. So that was I the other thing. So. We're just up in a ro- uproar about hmm. was like okay. there was very little about uh, Wyndham Earl too, right? Because it's interesting that Briggs didn't mention anything about. Because in those last few days before the Black Lodge stuff, I mean, he was pretty involved with Wyndham Earl. Yeah, he's only mentioned in passing. Yeah, exactly. He's he, was the, he was on that list of yes. names that TV exactly. found that had no other explanation. This is all the list says. 
This is a list yeah. of names on a secret server. Yes. Great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that 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 pays off in a way. So you guys, so you mm -hmm. obviously like in the context of this coming out, uh, the book coming out, we knew we were getting more Twin Peaks. Right. So it was it wasn't like oh they didn't say this. Yeah. It wasn't like this came out in two thousand and then you had to wait seventeen years or whatever. Yeah, it was like, Okay, well, in six months, maybe they'll expand on this, or maybe yeah. I, I would just say don't get too much of your hopes up on that. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. Oh, yeah. I, I've I've stopped having hopes <laughs> after like episode three, of the first season. Um, but after the um, uh, well, I was going to mention the log lady, but that kind of jumps ahead. But basically, oh, later on. We have a the next section is called the coming of what after the the book house and our Twin Peaks people and uh, that's when we get into Richard Nixon a guy named Jack Parsons and the uh, we're back to the Dougie Milford like government intrigue yeah. stuff and I, and I I I checked out on this like both times I listened to it like it just was not engaging or anything it, and I couldn't understand it is okay. this the bit is this the bit is it in this sort of collection where there's the like secret meeting with Nixon and an unnamed celebrity and they go and see the alien in the facility. The I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there are some I, takeaways. I, I feel like, I mean, you can probably explain this better. I mean, there's a few takeaways from this section and maybe you can explain it in a, well, in a good well, way for Tyler. Yeah. The short, the short answer is, uh, Tyler, I agree with you. The first time I got to this, I didn't know what to think. This is an even more scattered, random document. Like, here's a document, here's a document, here's a document. And yeah. there's there's Nixon, I guess. And then there's this guy who, who worked on jet fuel who's having uh, sex rituals in Area 51. And here's the ring, I guess, and whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, so it's really disjointed and it goes by really fast. And I didn't get it at first. Well, Ron Hubbard swings by on a rope. And yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Drops off a Western story. This, uh, I don't know how much this has to do with the return, but after the return, and now that there's been some time that everything's kind of stopped. This is my absolute favorite part of the book. Yeah. Don't tell me that. It's not my least favorite part, but it's definitely like a, a no, part no, I thought no. I could just brush off. No, 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 no. But like, that's okay because you will, yeah, okay. you will revisit this stuff. You'll be like, so I was going to, I have this in my notes, like when we like might as well just say it now when I close, we closed the show was just like, um, you know, uh, I, um, I maintain this novel works on its own, but after you, only after you wrap your head around it and it massively helps if you're familiar with the entire Twin Peaks universe, especially the return. It is also jam packed full of references that enhance the story of the return. The Showtime series works by itself, arguably, but this arguably, but this book is absolutely packed with nuggets of information that continue to blow my mind when coming back to it. That being said, my preferred method of reading this book now is one tiny section at a time, usually in the context of what is inspiring me 
or what I'm interested in or what I am researching at the moment. So uh, basically there's stuff in here that I totally blew over, didn't think was important, didn't think was interesting, wasn't paying attention or in one ear out the other. And yeah. then six months later, I'm like, what was that three tramps again? You know, like I've, I've, I've kind of outlined the, the pieces of the story. So like, if you follow my guide here, it's kind of more or less easy to find stuff, but if yeah. you don't know or remember where it is, like you have to go digging again. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? What was that crap about the UFOs? Oh, okay. I think it's in the middle here somewhere. Oh no, this is about the natives. And then you start reading like, okay. And then you'll start reading about the natives and Jeremiah Johnson. And you'll be like, Oh, this is cool. This kind of makes me think about something else. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I'm just, I, yeah. it, it's, that's why this book is so hard to pin down because it's yeah. not, it's not one thing. It's a million different things. Bunch of different things. It, it, it stands on its own, but not really. Like, you kind of have to have Twin Peaks for this book to work. On the other hand, if you didn't know anything about Twin Peaks, you could kind of take away that this is about special army guy Dougie Milford and all his, his. I would I would agree that like if you take out the bits that TP um, verifies with the whole Laura case, like I would read this first. Like this is so interesting and and like prepares you for so much that happens yeah. in the show. Like I would read this, then watch season one, two, then Firewalk. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't have, I guess if you didn't have that spoiler, yeah, would, yeah. yeah that take that out. little bit out. Like it explains so much and sets you up. Like if you knew all of this in- information and you were going into the show not being a That'd fan cool. of anything supernatural or mystery or anything like that, like it would prepare you for so much that happens in the show. Yeah, when you would make like two season two and all the Briggs when I'm yeah. all blue book stuff would probably be like your favorite seat because yeah. you would really be fine for that <laughs> well, stuff well yeah. and you would know that lana budding milford is an assassin that's right <laughs> a sex assassin <laughs> yeah you would know uh, so i can't talk about this section it's my favorite section but it's all related to <laughs> all related you have to watch the return and read the final dossier and then come back to all this stuff Oh, but the only thing, the main thing about this coming of what section is uh, the ring shows back up and Nixon is wearing it. That's so fascinating. Yeah, dude. I will say the person they got to voice Audrey was terrible, but the person they got to voice Nixon was pretty good. Dead on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, then it goes into more Project Blue Book stuff. This is where it all like joins back together. So you get into the coming of what back to Project Blue Book, and then Search for Intelligent Life is the next big section, but then that bleeds in. That's where this UFO secret government agent crap bleeds into the Twin Peaks. This is where you get your uh, Margaret Lannerman, Carl Rodd backstory. This is where they they brush over Laura Palmer again, and uh, Jacoby, and... um, Log Lady's story is so cool, too. I love that they gave... Yeah, uh, they gave her the because her the actress is Catherine Coulson. Yeah, uh, I, so they gave her her last name. Um, I cried. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I cried in Love Lady's bit. I'm it's, at work just weeping and well, trying not to let anybody see. That is awesome. Yeah, 
one thing that Frost that I don't think that that people give Twin Peaks enough credit is that like and Frost is a traditional. I don't. God, I can't remember who said this, but the the idea of writing and creating characters and you put your characters through hell because that creates drama. Yeah. You create people. You create people that people identify with, and then you make them suffer, and the audience just goes with it. And that's what creates drama and interest. And man, this book, it's crushing. Absolutely crushing. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the long lady's backstory is the most heartbreaking thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah. And I'm surprised you said that. And again, how so much glad it's here. How much weight would I feel the same if I didn't know the show? Would I feel the same if I if I didn't remember her from the show? Would I feel the same if I hadn't seen the log lady intros and the and the knowing Bravo. that she she's this wise? Well, see, I had I hadn't yeah. seen any of those, uh, okay. and then minus that, I really had no attachment to log lady. Like even up to the end, maybe a little more so after fire walk with me, because I think that's probably one of the few things that tied the main series back together for me was her like just or it was missing pieces. Even yeah, there's that scene of her, yeah. Like, first of all, why the fuck wasn't that in the movie? But, like, her story, I had no ties to her. Mm. Like, she was nothing to me. She was the town she, she was just this weird person yeah. who carried around a giant stick. It's a log. She's not the giant <laughs> stick lady. what kind? Yeah, we don't call her giant stick lady. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So, like, that being said, that gives more, I don't know, like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, all, a lot of this stuff just gives more depth to all of these characters. Yeah, honestly. like, whether, and, whether. and me saying, like, reading this minus the, the small spoiler of Laura's death, like, before watching the series, like, would make everything a little more engaging or easier to follow and yeah. not and not ruin mystery. Because her, her storyline, like, what you learn in this book wouldn't spoil anything. Yeah. It's not how it's presented. I don't know if the show mentions it, but definitely the Access Guide to the Town book that came out 20 years before has a little bit of the backstory in it. And again, it's not the same, just like all the other Twin Peaks, like the broad strokes are the same, but all the details are different. But man, like, especially the, the log lace, like, does it, at this point, does it matter? Yeah. I mean, like, if if even if he's just blatantly rewriting his character's history, like, this was some of the most engaging, cool, yeah, sad, dramatic, like this. This, stuff. this was the most dramatic part of the book. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. this was the most like tug on your heartstrings moment yeah. in the book. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, super effective. It gave weight to the character that I wasn't emotionally prepared for. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew she had a tragic backstory. I didn't know the details, and to have it told so candidly and really lovingly was just more than I was ready for when it came up. Yeah, uh, and how you get a little bit of a different perspective on everybody, like you know Jacoby talking about Nadine, and you know you you, just, yes. you get different people's perspectives on a situation. Um, was it uh, Robert Jacoby that was writing about? her and her story and yes i think so yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in this book dr jacoby has a brother named robert who runs the twin peaks gazette or the twin peaks yeah. post yeah after the milford takeover which i the first 
the first time I listened to it, they talked about Jacoby dying. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, did they just <laughs> kill off this guy in the book? <laughs> and I was very concerned. But then I talked to Patrick about it. Like, maybe it was his brother. Cleared it it turns out for you. it was. Yeah. yeah, to have this new character giving you these events, like somebody who you don't really have any connection with. Like, this isn't a character that you relate to already. It's the same with Doug Milford. Yeah, yeah, for them to get to tell you this story, yeah. is and and for it to still have the impact that it does, it's it's just exquisite writing. Like this is an example yeah. of really excellent writing, yes. in a book that has been very disjointed and with a lot of disconnected ideas and a lot of great dialogue. Like all of the interviews yeah. and the and the notes, it's all it all sounds like it's from different people. Yeah, like it's it's written as though like these are actually collected documents. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. To accomplish sure. this with an unknown character previously, to talk about a known character, and for that point of view, to have that impact is just, this is art. <laughs> this book is yeah. art. Yeah. I would this... add one more kind of, in my mind, a parallel to like kind of like Lynch's body of work. When, do you know Lynch makes all these kind of surreal, abstract horror movies or whatever, you know, and he, his whole career been accused of like not knowing what he was doing or not being a good, like if, if people have to do a research project to understand your movies, then are your movies any good? And like, this is just absurdist stuff and whatever, but you know what? He made the elephant man. And then he, in the nineties, when, when he was like kind of at his lowest and he was doing fire walk with me and lost highway and all this stuff, he went and did the straight story, which is the most on Disney plus. Yeah, is it now? <laughs> if it's yeah. on Disney Plus now, you gotta watch it. It's it like, is, which is like ridiculous that there's a David Lynch movie on Disney can I, Plus. Can, like it has no nothing. I can go watch it now. Yeah, you yeah. Watch it now. I'm gonna watch it after. It's rated yeah. G, and it's about oh. an old man who's a farmer whose brother is sick or something, and he doesn't have a car, and he drives to another state on a lawnmower to go visit his dying brother or whatever. How much and, did that cost? Uh, it's supposedly based on a true story, but he did it for Disney. My point is, is that, you know what? Every once in a while, this guy who makes these weird absurdist movies be like, no, I know what I'm doing. Boom. Here's this awesome, heartwarming, amazing <laughs> drama that was like one of the most touching things you'll ever see is the straight story by David Lynch. Disney movie. Yeah, cool. Uh, and yeah, this blog lady scene reminded me exactly what Dave was saying. Like, yeah, this whole book is scatterbrained and weird and it's just a hodgepodge of documents. And like, is this even a book? Does Mark Frost even know how to write anymore? Like, what are we mm-hmm. doing? And then you hit, you hit mm-hmm. a moment like this when you're just like, oh no, this is brilliant. Oh, but this, you know. did he write this backstory like when he was doing research or pre-pro for the, the series? I mean, surely he had the and idea. He just had it tucked I feel like, away. I, yeah, I feel like the idea. Surely, and he's so had that's this why idea it's so solid, is because he wrote it twenty years prior. <laughs> he had to have been thinking about it. I mean, some of those things you don't just come up with, you know, putting the ring on Richard Nixon out of nowhere. It's just... I mean, apparently, you can do it in a year. <laughs> it's true. Right, right, right. It's so true. I, I think it's kind of like George Lucas and the Star Wars thing. Like everyone for years was like, oh, George Lucas, he's got episode one through nine. They're all written out. And he knows like he's, he wrote this thing and then he just made the middle three and now he's going to go back. It's like, yeah. no, 
like a, he had like an outline. Jokes like on said, you, America. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, you have an outline, you have thoughts. Uh, like I said, the access guide who Frost was involved with has a little log lady backstory and you get into a little bit in the original show. And I just think over the years, this has kind of like been building in his mind. And, but then when he sat down to execute, I think it was all executed in a year. But like I said, it's like, you know, the, you know, your favorite band in the world. Uh, yeah. It's a great, well, it's a great analogy. Album in six weeks. It's like, yeah, but that one guitar riff was written last, the best guitar riff on the album was written right. six years ago at a sound yeah. check when you guys were on tour. Right. You know, these, these lyrics here are from when you were in high school and you just reworked them. <laughs> And my girlfriend is, dumped me. Yeah. Is anything ever really written? <laughs> in this, yeah. That's like true. A record, recording right. or whatever. So, but anyway, um, yeah, the uh, blog lady stuff is brilliant. I'm really happy you guys like that because that's yeah. basically my favorite part of the book as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else we have before we get to sort of the Briggs reveal and spoiler? All right. So, th this is the part of the book where I kind of just looked up from what I was doing and said, what was the point of this? Because <laughs> like, if, yeah. if the yeah, mission me. given to this person was, hey, figure out who put all this together, to have a page <laughs> said that says, I'm the archivist, my name is Garland. I got beef. Dave's got beef. <laughs> so I've got beef. And it's, <laughs> it's that this, this whole thing could have been settled if they had just read the last page first. Dude. She even said she did a cursory um, scan scan of the book or yeah. dossier. Like, if you, you if you scanned, like, the last 10 pages, you would know. Mission accomplished. And that comes into Walking to Cole's office and give me something hard next time. Just throw it back yeah, at him. This, <laughs> my, yeah, my argument was uh, that Gordon Cole knew this from the beginning, and it was a test for her uh, to get her prepped for things to come and uh basically go through and just really get up to speed on everything Un unverified yeah, yeah, but, but you know TM. those tests that are like read all of the directions no, i know and then i understand then sign your name <laughs> yeah and you do all this bizarre stuff before you realize oh all i had to do was sign my name right you read Gordon all the Cole's a prankster is he also he didn't shout in the book I was waiting. I, it should have been all caps. Yeah. It should have been all <laughs> the Gordon caps. Cole section should have been all caps. <laughs> yeah, but that's like I was saying. This isn't information we could have gotten any other way, and it been tolerable. It's really just for the reader. Yeah, not for her. Not for that. Right, same. but come up with a different premise. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you've you've just ruined your whole mission of this book, <laughs> and it's annoying. I got beef. I'm with you. <laughs> I was gonna be <laughs> I am with you. <laughs> Mr. Ring? Oh, just, I, I kind of agree. I think it was kind of a, like a cheap reveal, but I think that the, I don't know. I, I personally think that that was just kind of his kind of throwaway solvable, solvable mystery. Do you, like, I mean, do you literally... think it was like kind of like a cop out? Like, did he maybe start writing this and didn't really know like where to go with it? And he's like, oh, I'll like Briggs was kind of interested and he's militarized and no, no, I think this is something that's been building in his mind since Briggs got abducted in season two. Like, okay. 
Don Davis, I don't know if they were friends, but he admired the actor who's passed away. I think that same way with the Dougie Milford character, that actor passed away as well. And I think that he liked those guys. And I think that he wanted to flesh out his UFO and secret government conspiracy shit that he's been all about in the occult stuff that yeah. I, I, I literally, I literally think that he was like, I'm going to set up this mystery of who is the archivist. And the whole book is going to be kind of this common thread, keeping it through. And like, when I got to the reveal, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, like this is not the point of this book is not who is the archivist, even though they kind of set that up as the beginning that, as, like, as the point of the book. Yes. <laughs> I, I, well, I almost wondered too, because I mean, I, again, I didn't read the book till after I wondered if like, that was just something that either was never going to get answered or was maybe going to get, it would have been great if the book just oh. like ended like halfway through a page. <laughs> it was just over. And then TP's yeah. like verified the archivist. Died. <laughs> <laughs> Or something I, like that. I but didn't, like I didn't I, like this reveal. I did like that it's Garland Briggs. I love that it's Garland yeah, Briggs. Yeah, yeah. That makes that I, makes a lot of sense after hearing it. I don't like it being said flat out in one of the archivist pieces because yeah. one, it's a detriment to the character's ability. Yes. <clears throat> right. If, if, Which if, doesn't I, really it doesn't add up either to him and the show being so secretive. If you're giving this like... to this agent to figure this out as a test, or even if you already know who it is and you give it to them to find out, don't give them the answer. Like, I want to watch this agent put it together. I want the, like, Shyamalan breakdown at the end. That's like, given, twist. given his experience with these people and with this yeah. situation and with this project and these interactions. That would have been cool. See, I, have, I, I deduce that this the identity has to be Garland Briggs. I feel like and, it would have read better as kind of a, a letter to Coop. Like, you know it's Briggs the whole time. Kind of give your, spend the first chapter on your backstory of how you became this person who has all this information. And then instead of doing Tamara Preston, do Briggs uh, annotations on the book as letters to the next Watcher in the Woods, which he thought would be Coop. Mm. Like that. That takes out this mystery of like who the hell is the archivist? Like I don't, I don't really care. It would have been fine too if they just if he had mentioned something that made the reader know it was Briggs, and maybe she didn't find out. Like just something that alluded to you know that the campsite thing. Even I would have been yeah. Because I mean, is is this book um twenty twenty something years? At, is this Doss? Is she? Is she? Was she handed it? 20 years after the I mean show. it was found I mean what it says at the beginning of the book is it's found at a crime like a new uh, an active crime scene okay yeah. so we would know everything and she would not that that those events were so far past that she right. wouldn't really know anything about them. yeah they're just getting right. up to speed as they go through these documents yeah right that's well, why I would have really liked them to suss out that identity and like prove their skills as an investigator and then to take it back to Cole and then have like a uh, an after what's it called is it an epilogue yeah yeah so that's what that's after i have an epilogue that's her letter saying like yeah it's like a like a tp final note like gave gave my findings to gordon cole he already knew the identity of the archivist uh, i'm 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 curious as to what he has in store for me next something like that I, yeah that would have been cleaner for me but yeah, then it turns well, into some like ya mystery series yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, it's pretty sloppy, and I agree with you. I don't 
really like it. I I have some theories of why that happened, but we can't talk about that till <laughs> the final dossier is over. <laughs> right. Same. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Uh, I mean, I I do. I, I, Tyler, you had a uh, your for your Briggs, your Watcher in the Woods theory. Do you remember? You don't. Oh, that is is he the man standing in the woods when? Oh, when uh, Bobby and Leo. Bobby yeah. and Leo are making a deal in the <laughs> because woods. he's the Watcher in the Woods. He's checking in on his son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes so much sense. I mean, is he? He also clearly knows that Tell Bobby's me involved with drugs. Yes, he does yeah. know that. He knows. Yeah. He also calls I like Robert. to I like to the callback to the uh the annihilation of the soul line from Hawk to Cooper. He mentions it. It's what he's when he's describing his abduction. I thought that was a really cool yeah, yeah, a cool callback. Yeah. Well, um, basically I think they need he I mean the last few pages of the book are um uh, they're basically like right he's running towards the finish line. Yeah. Like basically like I don't I'm not ruining anything. But Mark Frost is that who you're talking about yes mark Ross is running towards the finish line to get you to the hey i need to hand all this stuff off to cooper oh my god something went wrong mayday mayday to be continued in the new twin peaks tv show okay like and so remember i told you the original book was the secret lives of twin peaks and there's yeah. going to be one book and then at the last minute there's two books you're going to get one before and one after two books they were the, they were the same. She had two visions. <laughs> I think this was one book that was perhaps a little more cohesive, but a lot of the stuff in the final dossier would have totally ruined what was going on in the return, and it, they decided to split it. Yeah, so you've got, I agree. This, this is your prologue. Final dossier is your epilogue. In Mark Frost's eyes to the return so you I imagine think a book about twin peaks twice as thick <laughs> <laughs> i do have one thing too uh just something i thought of when reading this you know uh briggs mentions that you know you know he says i got this message the cooper 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 thing although he doesn't i don't know if he specifically says the owls are not what they seem but you know he asks um dougie milford he's like should i give this to coop and he's like yeah of course and we know that he does. Oh, do I? Um, but then, but then he says something like, "Oh, this message wasn't for Cooper, or something like that." Like it was. I don't know if he says it was for me or for us. He's like, "But it wasn't for Cooper, basically." Like the message wasn't for Cooper. So it made me think, like, is Cooper in this sort of scenario, like the owl, as in the owls are not what they seem? Like Cooper is not what he seems in this mm -hmm. scenario when he visits him at the end of the book. He's not. Perhaps it's a warning. Yeah. 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 Well, the owls may indeed not be what they seem, but still serve an imperative function. Right. They remind us to yeah. look into the darkness. Yeah, and that quote comes up again there, yeah, at the end, uh, on a separate page. Um, I, I just thought that was an interesting way to, to look at it and to think about it. And just to give it sort of a different context on such a famous quote from the show. Can't believe we did it, fellas. We did we it. Did we it. did it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we missed a ton. I hope I hope oh, anyone who watches doubt. and listens that, you know, we, you know, they give us some feedback and you know, maybe we can touch on it at some point. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's only one thing left to do, though. You're right. Talking for me. <laughs> James. Oh, there it is. It's so time this is the segment we call Talking Foreheads. This is where we take the material at hand and we rate it on a scale of one to five. James Hurley foreheads. I will yeah. go first. Oh, All right. Yeah. And then <laughs> I will go counterclockwise what? from my Zoom meeting screen. Where are you on your Zoom meeting? I am top right. <laughs> Oh, you are not top right on my screen. <laughs> You're not on mine either. That's fine. You just tell us who's next. I that was the whole plan. Okay. Perfect. That's why I said my Zoom okay. meeting screen. Okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> and everybody's on the same page. This book is wonderful. Uh outside of the the sloppy reveal at the end, I think this is a very important thing that exists, not only for just fans of the series, but like anybody who wants a masterclass in how do you write a companion piece for anything, this is a great template. Like, put out the backstory that people want, uh, throw it, throw the stuff you want in there. Like, talk about the things you like, get it in there, shoehorn that in. That's fine. It's, it's expertly done. And I know that there are things is that are going to come Is shoehorn a relative of the Horn family? Yes. Shoehorn, the long lost. New cousin. shoes. New shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, just, it, it's all in there. And I'm sure that there are things that are going to relate to stuff I haven't seen yet. I haven't finished season three. So I'm sure by the time I'm done with that and I give this a revisit, I'm going to just have my mind blown even further. This is a five forehead endeavor. Oh, wow. Just five. <laughs> <laughs> Love you're it. up. Oh, Who? Patrick. Patrick, you're up. I, I have to second pretty much everything you said. And I mean, I, I look at it almost in the same way as, as Twin Peaks itself. It doesn't always give you those those answers and everything you want, but it's still so damn good. Uh, I, I much like Twin Peaks, get something out of it every time I read it. Uh, it's a five for me. Just five. <laughs> Tyler, you're on deck. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna let you fellas down. Um, it was it was really good. The parts I understood that rhymed. Um it did. Unintentional. I think I think my rating will change in the future. <laughs> and I don't know that for sure, but I'm hoping it does. So for now it is a solid four. Just for I like that. Last but certainly not least, our guest of honor, Jeremiah, take the ring, as it were. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'll just. I I agree. It's it's sloppy. There's some things in there that I I don't like. There's some stuff in there that I think is kind of boring at times. Um, I didn't really like it at first, but man, like since then I, I just love it. And I, I don't, I just jump in different sections and like, just as a, like a reference 
I don't know. I love it. I can't, I can't not, I can't imagine my Twin Peaks experience without it at this point. So it's got to be well, about four and a half. Can you, Tyler, can you do a four and a half? Just four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. We got you covered. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this has been yeah. fantastic. This has been a blast. That was, was talking foreheads. Yeah, I was, I was really, really excited. I really was really, I was thinking about this all week. I'm like, I'm going to get to talk about the book. No one <laughs> will talk about the book. We're going to get to talk about the book. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I certainly really, don't. I mean, I don't understand a lot of it. And that's, that's fine because my hope is one day I do. <laughs> I will keep reading it until I get to the bottom of these mysteries. Um, but no, we're, we are so happy you took the time to talk with us tonight. And uh, I don't think we could have done this honestly without a lot of your input. It would so. have been quite brutal. <laughs> yeah. I definitely can't thank you enough for contributing as much as you did and for making oh, this. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was great. Oh, cool. I'm glad you guys had, like I said, I'm super excited. Always happy to talk about the book and stuff. For anything that we might have missed or for any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach us at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at talkingbackwardspod. Patrick. You can hit us up on Twitter at talkingbackward. Tyler. Anchor. Dot .fm slash Talking Backwards. Big thank you one more time to Jeremiah Beaver. Take the ring. Mr. Ring. Mm-hmm.